3: Following that debacle in the snow-capped landscape he just barely escaped from, Cage never thought he'd admit missing the ridiculously hot western deserts again. Things felt normal in post-apocalyptia once again, but that wouldn't last long. After a calm walk along the main road for a few hours, the old soldier happened upon a lonely train station where he assumed his next rest stop would be. But oh boy, he had another thing coming.
1: Behind me, dear. I won't let them get to you. Back. Back, I say. Frogger of the undead, don't you dare take a step closer! Father, look out!
2: (laughs) You folks all right?
1: God... By God, thank you, young man.
4: Yes. You saved our lives.
2: Don't mention it. Ghouls are known to hang around old train stations like these. What are you folks doing out here in the middle of nowhere? Haven't met another human in days.
1: You'll have to pardon me. I'm still a little shaken up. Edward. Edward Sagan. And this is my daughter, Daisy.
4: You're very brave to have saved us. My father and I were only scavenging for supplies. But I guess... I guess we overstepped our bounds.
1: Yes. We weren't having much luck in the first place. That's when I opened that door over there. Next thing you know, those ferals were ready and waiting for us.
2: And you were holding them back with only a knife? Where are you people from? I see no settlements on my radar.
4: Elizabethtown. We live in Elizabethtown. Daisy! What, father? The man saved our lives. He surely doesn't qualify as any sort of threat.
1: But you know the rules. Uh,
4: pardon my French, but to heck with the rules. Look at the Grom in his armor. This man has been clearly traveling around for hours, and could very well need food or water.
2: But you- It's alright. It's alright. I'm not starving, but I could do with a resupply.
4: Well, that's just perfect. We have plenty of supplies back at home.
1: <sighs> I'm terribly sorry, traveler. Maybe my wits weren't about me. The people at Elizabethtown are a quiet and private people. Have been ever since the war. We follow a a strict code of ethics. It's what's procured us such longevity in the wastes all these years. I'd hate to break your cycle. No, outsiders are welcome. Encouraged, really. We've been wary, however, for who knows what an outsider's intentions may be.
4: Oh, come on, Father. You know it's more you and less we. Just think of all the travelers that have been turned away since August.
1: Daisy, I will no longer put up with your uncalled for backtalk.
2: Please, you two, please, look. If it's still in the realm of discussion, I'll purchase some things and be on my way before the moon is up. How does that sound?
4: Oh no, you can't risk travel after dark around these parts. It's far too dangerous with the Tribals and such.
2: Tribals?
1: Ugh. Ugly groups of roving tribes out this way. Cannibal too, from what I've heard. They've yet to bother us, because I think they respect territory, but we're at a disadvantage out here.
4: The most blood-curdling howls and horrid face paint I've ever heard, too. Come, come. All this talk is only going to bring them closer. Lead the way, Father. It's been decided. And we won't take no for an answer, will we?
1: Yes, indeed. Let's scurry before we have yet another unwinnable encounter. We owe you one. Cage.
3: Now, granted, a few cannibal tribals were nowhere near the level of dangers Cage has dealt with in his day, but the gesture to spend the night was a kind offer by the Elizabeth townsfolk. Same goes for that lover's grip Daisy had on his hand the whole way there. (laughs) He couldn't put his finger on it, but something was oddly different about the Elizabethians. They wore cleaner garb than the usual wasteland settlers. The preserved pre-war fabric quilted together and made to look nice. Not a lot of skin showing either. When Cage arrived at the ruined old town, he was greeted with something of a hero's welcome. Lots of smiles and handshakes. They clearly appreciated the presence of an outsider. An average wanderer couldn't help but feel paranoid, naturally, but the old soldier's instincts didn't tell him this was a bad place. In fact, quite the opposite. Cage got his supplies all right, just before he sat down to the best steak dinner of his life. Great conversation and probably the strangest midnight dance someone could ever see. I don't know how they expected Cage to get a good night's rest with so much activity, but I suppose you could say he sort of got lost in it.
4: You know, I'm really glad you came to join us, Cage. I know our ways may seem alien to someone like you, but many of the locals say it is a blessing to be attending with us such as this, believe it or not.
2: No, it's fine. I'm just a little taken aback that I'm seeing so much merriment in one place. Merriment that isn't... sinister in a weird way. Are you sure you guys aren't the real cannibals?
4: (laughs) Oh, stop, Cage. No, I can assure you we are not cannibals. I can assure you that the steak you had was 100% Brahmin.
2: Still, the laughing, the dancing something out of an old-world picture show. Nothing quite like it in the world we live in today. A guy like me might mistake this for a mirage.
4: Well, is it a mirage you would ever like to leave?
2: I... I don't know. No. No, I guess I wouldn't. But I have this job.
4: The job doesn't exist in my question. No responsibilities. No strings attached, even from your past. Would you stay here?
2: Well, I guess in some alternate reality, where the shackles of the wasteland don't have me bound, staying in a place like this seems ideal.
4: Well, in a way, a place like this does indeed remove those blinds.
2: Daisy, I appreciate the gesture, but I'm under contract right
4: now. With whom?
2: I don't really know. Definitely not someone I can just drop everything and forget about.
4: You'd be surprised. How so? I suppose when you meet the Elder.
2: Can the Elder just snap his fingers and make my problems disappear?
4: In a sense.
2: Please, don't tell me you're not kidding. If so, I'm gonna get scared.
4: (laughs) Elizabethtown is a place of magic, my dear Cage.
2: Do your people spend every night partying like this? Seems exhausting.
4: Oh, heavens no. Once every full moon. That's all it takes. Besides, you already met him. Excuse me? The Elder. I don't know everything about him exactly, but usually people who even come this far with us have to receive a visit from him. At least that's what my father tells me.
2: Oh, okay. Now I'm very scared.
4: No, don't. Think of the Elder as one of the last true monks in the world. Even after all this, a peaceful spirit, someone who values life over death for once.
2: And where exactly does he come from?
4: I think I've already said too much. Maybe when you consider our offer, we can make everything clear for you. Besides, wouldn't want another reason for my father to get mad at me.
2: <laughs> True.
4: So, do you ever... take off that helmet at all?
2: Usually when I'm on my lonesome, I had a secure safe house. Somewhere where I know I'll be safe. I'm not the Lone Ranger or anything.
4: You're safe here, I can assure you that.
2: Daisy, I'm not- Please
4: don't doubt me. (sighs) Happy now? My, my. You should remove that thing more often. That filter adds years to your voice.
2: I'm 38. And? And you're red as a beet.
4: (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not. Stop it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's time, Cage. The Elder has almost arrived. Hmm, jet black hair and green eyes? You look vastly different than I imagined. Generational
2: mutation is a hell of a thing, Mr. Sagan. But can you tell me what in the world I'm being hauled off
1: to? I thought I was only staying the night and moving on. How can I put this in a way you'll understand?
4: I tried to tell him in the easiest way, Father, but didn't want to reveal too much.
1: Good. That's good. It's best if the Elder himself provides proper explanation. Come, Cage. Follow me.
0: We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become?
1: Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2.
5: Play it now with Game Pass. Listen up, you maggots. While you're sitting there waiting for the show to return, your local army recruiter is wondering why the hell you haven't shown up yet. What? There's no benefits to the army? That's 100 push-ups right there. I've whipped hundreds of our country's finest into tip-top shape. And let me tell you something, bucko. The couch potatoes I churned out as warriors can't thank me enough for all the good I've done. But don't take it from me. Take it from my finest squad to date. I call them the patrons. I hope you like competition, because Don McCormack is the best sniper of all time. With that silencer serving as the cherry on top, heck, she can practically finish a commie without them even knowing. Don't get your hopes up topping her record. I once saw her perform the best work out in the field while sipping a strawberry shake. Look over there! Mike Tyson is out by the range, testing out weapons made from the heaviest of U.S. steel. We've had to make a special medal for him since he wiped out a whole army platoon holding two LMGs on either arm. IT TAKES REAL GUNS TO HANDLE GUNS LIKE THOSE! I hope you like aviation. Joel Jackal was deathly afraid of heights before we strapped him down to the largest fighter jet known to mankind and kept him there until he stopped whining! Now he's the best dogfighter a general could ask for! Not everything about the military is all guns and explosions, as much as it pains me to say it. But sometimes war requires a brain. Michael D. Batkew is our communications expert. I don't know what the hell he does in that room, but it must be working because he gets a bigger paycheck than me. Is that the sunrise? Nope, that's explosives expert Lost Paws Jr., handling the Fat Man tactical nuclear catapult right next to him, Frederick Winther who ranked up to experimental MIRV, which shoots like eight of those things at once. Who needs tactics when you can just decimate all biological life right in front of you? The Donny Difference has the right idea. He's over there practicing that shiny new incinerator out there in the forest. It burns trees and foreign invaders. It's a double whammy roast s'mores after you've roasted the enemy. Perhaps heavy artillery isn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of the Cosmic Knife. It doubles as an everyday kitchen appliance, and slices through the toughest of surfaces, even commies! That's my dynamic trio over there, testing them on some test dummies. Brandon Pellison, Jorge Vega, and Richard Villa dispatched over 12 holographic enemies with those things without even getting picked up by the sensors in record time. You like tanks? Course you do! Put the damn toy down and start living out your childhood war dreams behind the wheel of a real American tank! Like Hodge Podge the Cardboard Wolf, He may vomit whole lakes after spending a few hours doing some exercises, but it's worth the mess when you feel the rush of blowing stuff up. Tank's a little too big for your britches there, sport? Well Jackson Little and John Baker over there love riding around in that Jeep. If you can deal with the kidney damage and spinal discomfort, the only thing those two ever complain about is who gets to be the rear turret gunner. So, what are you waiting for? Visit patreon.com slash radio and enlist today. That is, if you want to become the best of the best. Be a warrior, be a soldier, and most of all, be a maggot.
1: In this episode, we've got a message from the fine folks at Pulaski Preservation Services. Seems there's been a lot of talk these days about vault life. But not all of us have the luxury to spend so much on something that we may not actually need. Unlike those other guys, the sensible folks at Pulaski Preservation Services have created an affordable line of personal protection products to make sure no one gets left behind. Remember, that's Pulaski Preservation Shelters. Simply there when you actually need them. Exact change only. And now on to our show. And now, back to our story.
2: Mr. Sagan. With all due respect to your people and their beliefs, I think I'd be more comfortable knowing what exactly
1: your Elder wants with me. You've been nothing but hospitable, but I was just explaining to Daisy- Hospitality in a genuine way is extremely rare to come by in the Wasteland these days. Yes, I know. Then why all the secrecy? Well, even though I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen tonight, I just want you to know everything the Elder wants for you is to help you. Nothing sinister happens here, I guarantee you that. Help me. How will you help me? You'll see in just a moment. Stand right here, please. Everyone, you may seize the stance and make yourself still. The Elder has made clear to me that he is pleased and ready to arrive. Today we honor the arrival of our newest friend to the tribe, Cage. Many of you have had the pleasure to meet the man, and in such a short time you have been made aware of his friendliness and acceptance. Many of you have not just yet, but understand that this traveler has been received positively by enough of us that our esteemed elder has taken notice. This is why he is being summoned this night under the full moon. In such a circumstance like this, we recognize that many have accepted our gift and have chosen to accept a great offer from the Great Elder, while others may have not. But it is all up to you, Sir Cage. Are you ready? I guess. Good. O Great Elder, one who saves us from the Great Plague, please approach and meet our gaze.
3: Now, Cage was honestly expecting some old guy in a tattered sheet with bones taped to them to come out. But this was something entirely different. The very ground beneath them began to shake and crack open as if some giant was approaching. Whatever it was, was coming from beneath the earth. What's going
1: on here? Please Cage, relax yourself.
3: When the dust cleared, Cage was met with the stare of something that most Wastelanders see right before they die. A giant rad scorpion, the biggest he'd ever seen. Its black armor shimmered in the moonlight, and its high-hanging stinger stood nearly as tall as a young Deathclaw. There was no denying it. This mutant was fixated on no one but the old tracker. Whatever these people did to summon the beast really worked. A bit stunned to speak, Cage naturally began to turn around and try to make a break for it. Edward Sagan's calls for comfort meant nothing at this point.
1: Wait! Cage!
2: ПОТОРОЖЕНИЕ <Слыш> ААААААААА <Слыш>
0: Do not be alarmed. You are safe here. Safe? Here? Where the hell am I? I was forced to disable you to calm your panic. Nothing has changed. You are only here with me in spirit. Your body is fine.
2: You're... you're a scorpion. And you're... talking. You're the elder they spoke of?
0: I apologize. I instructed Edward and all who've come before you to remain ignorant of my true form. I was rather quick to understand the fear your species has for mine. This way you can see the truth of the matter. What truth? What are you going on about? How are you talking to me? I have inherited an ability beyond the sentient consciousness I have gained since the global events of 2077. An ability that has proven beneficial to humanity, a race of which my people have resented since the beginning of time. However, this resentment, like many conflicts, was moved. Yes. I may even be the only of my kind with this ability. I have not bothered to check. The people of Elizabethtown were victims of an awful sickness, one of tremendous struggle and suffering many years ago. So I offered them refuge. The refuge of which would not rob them of life, but rather the bliss of existence. A shared existence amongst the people who showed them loving passiveness to their fellow man. Each one of them lives within me. You have experienced but a taste of this existence.
2: But I don't understand. You offered the poor people a place to go by... preventing the inevitable?
0: No. I am the inevitable to them. Hope was completely lost upon them when the plague came and the cannibals stopped them for the right moment to feast. I prevented that travesty. Edward made the choice for his people when there was no time left. Thanks to him, a great suffering to him and his people was prevented. They could continue.
2: Are you telling me that none of this has been
0: genuine? I can't tell you that it has been just as real as it has been fraudulent. Something is happening within me that exists in some regard, but it is beautiful. I have not expected myself to be respected as the people of Elizabethtown ever regarded me, but to be an elder is an honored title. Coexistence between other life forms is something of a full peace in this broken world. Many have come before you, Cage. Many are similarly worthy, others not so much. This is not an opportunity I offer lately.
2: Why tease me like this, Elder? Why why cloud my mind with fantasy?
0: Haven't you listened? This is no mere fantasy. It is even something I do not fully understand. Picture me as a vessel, dear Cage. A vessel that provides an escape from our current existence. A medium between life and death and no bounds. There are no penalties if you were to join us. What I am proposing is quite plainly an exit from this hellish plane. You have no recollection of when I approached you this morning, I presume.
2: We... met? Wait. Daisy. Daisy said something.
0: Yes. In order to witness the people of Elizabethtown, a partial injection of my venom must be administered. I do not know why, but these first encounters are never remembered. My plane of existence crossed with yours, as did theirs.
2: That's why things felt so weird. Why I felt so calm. This entire community, their essence, just lives within you. This is the most incredible thing I've ever seen.
0: Yes, but I feel as if you want to refuse.
2: I can't. Not now.
0: I understand. I judge you not. However, let me aid you on your journey with a vision. A vision?
2: Like a... like a reading?
0: Yes, a reading may be vague, but indeed helpful.
2: Yes, yes. I want to know more about my future, and where my current path takes me.
0: Your heart is pure, but your mind is clouded and your soul burns hot in rage. Your past has corrupted your present like an infection, yet you've not forgotten who you are. Whatever this is, your journey is noble to an extent, but alas, your current motivations are simply the means to feed the buzzards. They circle in and wait for you to kill their prey so they may feast and fight amongst each other.
2: So I'm a tool. Is that what you're saying?
0: I cannot tell you. Perhaps to an extent, you are but a pawn. But the future is too clouded to tell which hand plays you in a way you are needed.
2: So why offer me an escape then?
0: You must understand, the being you are now has a destiny to follow. The one you would be amongst the Elizabethians would worry not about the perils of this world. Your burden of responsibility would no longer be a factor.
2: So, I would die?
0: No. You would only exist elsewhere.
2: I see. I guess I... Thank you, Elder. Anyone but me would take your
0: offer. Many have come, and many more will follow in the future. Perhaps if you survive your deal, you may seek the region once again.
3: Our usual time, so I got a tad concerned. Getting ready to move along?
2: Yeah. Spent the night at Elizabethtown. Just about to head out.
3: Elizabethtown? That ghost town? I've heard too many tales from locals about the oddest things happening that way. Why well, you chose that then out of all places is beyond me.
2: <sighs> Won't need to worry about it now. I'm on my way out.
3: Are you sure you're okay?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'll check in later.
3: No, he was indeed not okay. Rather, Cage was conflicted, conflicted with the choice to literally escape the ills of the wasteland like most everyone time and time again attempts to do, but always ends up back somehow. Now, the typical ways of escapism exist at the end of a bottle, or even a syringe, but living within a shared consciousness inside of a giant talking scorpion is a bit unheard of. The ways of Elizabethtown had tempted him, sure. But as long as he breathed, he breathed for the brotherhood. Until next time, that's all she wrote. Keep it locked to this podcast for Episode 8, The Bum Deal. To bring in extra cash for his journey, Cage hooks up with a team of skilled mercenaries to recover one of the most feared robots of the pre-war era. Nothing would prepare them for what would happen next, though. This episode was written and produced by Preston Harden edited and mixed by Ethan Walsh. In today's episode, Cage was voiced by Mike Tyson, Daisy Sagan by Crystal Romero, Edward Sagan by Brad Williams, and The Scorpion by Joseph Kelly. Don't go riding off into the sunset yet, partner. Be sure to visit patreon.com slash abombradio and become a dear listener. Also, find us at A-Bomb Radio on Twitter, Other things like our merch and Discord are available in this episode's description. Also, make sure you rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Or share it with another Fallout fan. You know they'll like it. I'm Forrest Lee, and we'll see you in the next one. listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at RobotsRadio.net.
4: Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.